Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Breda Pest Management, the official pest control of UGA Athletics. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. So I'm sure you can probably feel it. We're like holding on to that last little grasp of the football season, right? It's starting to slip away from us. We've only got one NFL game left. This upcoming weekend, in terms of like real, true, competitive games, we're sort of you know, kind of, you know, we're sort of post NFC, AFC championship on that. We're still a week ahead of the Super Bowl. So we're sort of holding on to that last little bit of the football season here. And that also means we're kind of moving into what can also be a really fun time of the year, which is the sort of pre draft season. Now, I don't love the pre-draft season always because I think a lot of people try to show how smart they are by kind of trashing all the prospects, not just the Georgia players, but all the prospects in general. So there's a part of the kind of the pre-NFL draft process that I've never particularly loved. But the part of it I always love is when former dogs impress scouts and you get a chance to hear people who are looking at the full landscape of draftable players saying nice things about former dogs. That's the kind of thing we never get tired of hearing and seeing. And we're seeing a lot of that right now coming up from Mobile, Alabama, where the preparations are ongoing for the Senior Bowl, which is really kind of the earliest part of the preparation for the NFL draft, which takes place later this spring. We'll have Mike Griffith on the show coming up in a moment from Mobile. He'll tell us more about that. At them, but you are perhaps aware if you've been kind of close to the internet the last 24 hours or so, the guy generating the most buzz right now from the former dogs who were there in Mobile is the wide receiver Lad McConkey, who's obviously working his way back from injury. We, of course, didn't see the best of Lad at the end of his George career, and that's obviously a source of frustration for Georgia fans. We've covered that now plenty, but boy, um, it's great to see Lad seemingly healthier now going out there and making such a name for himself in terms of what he can do for the NFL draft. And if you've been paying close attention to this, you know that the stock, man, it is really rising in a huge way here right now. I want to read you a couple of things from an ESPN story, and then we'll we'll hear from Lad McConkey himself. To give you an idea, like a guy named Field Yates, who you may know from ESPN, here's what he writes about Lad McConkey. We will leave the week talking very seriously about McConkey as a round one prospect. He says this at ESPN.com. The former Georgia standout is so sudden and a route-running fiend. Boy, that's a nice little compliment, I think. He says he bounced back impressively from a back injury early in the 2023 season. The wide receiver class is loaded. But don't overlook McConkey as a top 32 player in this class. Of course, top 32 is code language for first-round pick. Uh, Matt Miller kind of saying some same, some similar things, saying, I also expect George's lad McConkey to soar up boards now that he's healthy. Thanks to his elite footwork and underneath route-running ability, he could get inside my top 32 as well if he's 100% there in Mobile. That's Matt Miller from ESPN.com. So all of these guys saying, hey, eyes on lad McConkey. Conkey in Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. This is a guy who has a chance to become a first-round pick wide receiver. Well, the sense that we get from yesterday, and you'll be seeing some of this video throughout the show, we'll hear this from Mike Griffith coming up in a little bit, that there's nothing that McConkey did yesterday during workouts that slowed down that hype or that praise at all. It sounded like uh, McConkey had a, a terrific day. In fact, when the day was done, McConkey uh, met with our uh, reporters, including our, our good friend Kaylee Manziel and uh, Mike, who was on hand there, and McConkey offered this evaluation of his own performance. This is what Ladd said about his first day in Mobile for the Senior Bowl. Just compete. I miss football. 
having fun. It's not like I'm out here doing something I don't like, so it's another opportunity to go out and make some plays. Yeah, it looks like you were having a lot of fun out there. There's a lot of buzz already about you that you could have increased your draft stock today. So how do you feel you did today? Uh, I feel like I did solid. I'm a little rusty. I feel like I haven't played in a month, full game, getting full reps. So um, we'll come out here tomorrow, get better and better, and keep transitioning, getting better and better. So a couple of things on this. Thing number one is, of course, we all agree this is great. And at a time in which there's not a ton of like you know regular football going on, it's just kind of fun to have a guy like McConkie out there showing out, Javon Bullard, Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint, some of the others who are on hand there as well. Just kind of fun to see them kind of going through this. And as I said before, if you're a Georgia fan, you never get tired of hearing media types, draft analyst types saying nice things about former Georgia players. So at face value, this is just sort of fun and a welcome addition to what would otherwise be sort of a, a barren wasteland of uh, absence of football, while the Senior Bowl kind of provides some of that here right now. But beyond that, I do think there's a little bit of an ongoing conversation perhaps in our minds of, okay, well, what does this mean? And where does this leave us? And how do you feel about McConkie now healthier than he was in December impressing all these draft scouts? And let's just get this out of the way. This is the elephant in the room, no pun intended. The obvious temptation here is to take this immediately towards Oh my! And listen, I'm right there with you. This is not just. I mean, this is not me saying this to you. This is us saying this together. Oh my gosh! Can you imagine if you just would have had Lad McConkey fully healthy for the SEC championship? How different that game could have been. Of course, you want to say that. Of course, I want to say that. And perhaps it's true. But we will also acknowledge that part of the reason why we've kind of made fun of Ohio State for the stuff they've said about uh, Marvin Harrison Jr.'s injury going back to the Peach Bowl in 2022 or the stuff that Alabama has said about Jamison William, John Mechie injury from the national championship game at the end of the 2021 season, part of the reason why we kind of laugh and make fun of them about that is because even if there were a degree to which that was true, which we're not willing to stipulate, but even if there was a degree to which some of that was true, it still sort of feels you leaves you feeling hollow, doesn't it? I mean, like, you know, you look at Ladd McConkey of, man, if he could have just played in the SEC championship, you know, Georgia could have won that game. Well, maybe that is the case. Perhaps that is true. But even if that is true, it still sort of leaves you kind of feeling sort of empty inside about the fact that you did not get a chance to see that and you didn't get a chance to see that version of McConkey, you know, on the field there. And there's just nothing you can go and do about that. You can't go back and rewrite that history. You can't go back and wave a magic wand and make McConkey as healthy then as he seemingly is now and the best version of McConkey, or at least among the best versions of McConkey that we're seeing right now, put that on the field in Mercedes-Benz Stadium against Alabama. But that doesn't mean that what's happening here in Mobile this week for McConkey and perhaps some other Georgia players that we'll talk more about throughout the week, that doesn't mean that there isn't some value attached to all of this. And I think that what you see here with Ladd, who was, as we've documented now many, many times, our buddy Terrence Edwards got this right. Most of us, though, got this wrong in terms of Ladd was not a guy who was really on my radar at all. And for a long time, he wasn't really on any college program's radar. Eventually, Georgia, though, did sort of see what he was all about. And that's sort of the story here, is that somehow, someway, a program like Georgia, which also has the really high four-star players, that many of which become NFL stars, the five-star types, who many of which also become NFL stars, is also able to supplement all of that with other unheralded players who would seemingly at first blush have no chance of playing in the NFL, 
but eventually, maybe like McConkie's about to, they go on and become big-time NFL stars as well. In fact, let me show you this. It comes from a uh, site called the College Football Report. Now, this is not the prettiest graphic, but it, I, I made the graphic. It tells the story, though. So what the College Football Report put out on Twitter yesterday is that the programs with the most three-star prospects or lower draft in the last five years if you're in the uh, Power 5 plus Notre Dame. So Michigan has had, six, in the last five years, 16 three-star prospects or lower drafted. That makes them best in college football. But right there, somewhat near the top, is Georgia, which over the last five years has had eight three-star players or lower drafted. Now, that's lower than some SEC teams like South Carolina, Missouri, Kentucky, and Florida. But to be fair, those programs which have had nine former three-star players drafted over the course of the last five years, and I'm not trying to be snarky here, they also have a lot more three-star players in the program. The fact that Georgia has had eight three-star players being drafted over the course of the last five years is somewhat remarkable given the relatively low number, almost minuscule number, of three-star or lower players you know, prospects within the program. Almost everybody's a former five star, uh, many of which former five, uh, you know, uh, you know, five stars as well, former four or five stars. And yet Georgia has still found a way to get eight former three star or lower rated prospects drafted over the course of the last five years. That to me is remarkable. It's not the best number overall, but it is an incredibly telling stat for Georgia because it comes in addition to all of the other elite prospects that that Georgia's putting in the NFL on a regular basis. And what it speaks to is, I think, an important part of the overall formula for Georgia, which is its ability to go out and scout talent. And, and to be honest with you from time to time, we can bring that down now. To be honest with you from time to time, I'm not always quite so sure how much actual scouting some programs are doing when it comes to recruiting. You see some programs who kind of come through a state like Georgia, and they just sort of barnstorm across the entire state, and it seems like they offer just about everybody. There are a couple of programs in the ACC that always do this. There's at least one SEC program that will just come through Georgia and offer literally everybody. If you watch this stuff closely, sometimes you'll see that. That doesn't take a lot of scouting. You're just you know going through and looking at anybody who's tall enough, big enough, and saying, hey, here's an offer, and if that kid actually ends up popping later on, you can say, hey, we were the first to offer you. There's not any real scientific scouting being done there. That's just casting a wide net and hoping for the best. There are other programs who don't make an offer until they see somebody else offering. They're sort of trusting somebody else's evaluation. Well, if so-and-so school wants him, then we perhaps want him too. You see a lot of that going on from time to time in college football. As I said before, I'm not always quite so sure exactly how much true actual scouting is sometimes taking place. But at a place like Georgia, we know this is going on. In addition to going out and chasing the prospects that everyone wants, Georgia seems to know uh, know how to go out and chase prospects that other programs don't know anything about. In this case, we're talking about Ladd McConkey. That ability to identify talent is something that I believe that has set Georgia apart from the other you know, contenders to national championships and a big part of the reason why Georgia's won a couple of those over the course of the last couple of years. Now, a couple of years ago, I think this is after the national championship in 2022, you know, Kirby talked about this scouting process and, you know, what makes Georgia Georgia in terms of the ability to identify those less heralded players who turn into potential first round picks like McConkie seemingly might be doing right now. And as you might imagine, Kirby's not all that willing to give away all of his secrets on this, but there was one important thing he said about the scouting process that Georgia goes through. And perhaps this is one of the things 
things that led Georgia to McConkie. This is what Smart said about that to begin the 2022 calendar year. I think anybody's got it figured out. I certainly don't think we have a secret sauce for, for identifying players. We all watch the same tape. The problem is I've come to the conclusion there's very minimal difference between player A and player B if they're if they're both starting, both playing, and they're both getting recruited by SEC schools, there's minimal difference. The difference is in the hardwiring of that player. And I don't know, we all talk about it, we all say, well, I want the right guy, I want intangibles, I want him to have this and that and this and that. Like, the difference in these two is they hate to lose. Like, these guys hate to lose against each other day in and day out. And I've started saying, you know what, you're going to sign 3D tackles, you're going to sign 5 DBs, you're going to sign two tight ends, you're going to sign a quarter. Sign the ones that can't stand losing. The two players that Kirby's referencing there, that's Brock Bowers, that's Javon Bullard, who, by the way, is also in Mobile for the Senior Bowl this week. They were on the podium with Smart after the 2022 National Championship. And that's an interesting uh, sort of uh, revelation from Smart, you know, revealing that, hey, when it comes to all these SEC players who somewhat look the same, let me go out and try to find the guy who hates to lose, and that's the player that I want in my program. That may be true for the sort of SEC guys that seemingly all look alike, and it may also be true for a guy like McConkie, who's just a little bit smaller, comes a little bit farther off the radar, not the guy you would necessarily expect to be that dude, but clearly turned out to be that kind of player at Georgia because perhaps, as Kirby said, just really hated to lose, did not want to give into and yield anything at the college level. And Whatever it is, Kirby says there's no secret sauce to this or secret formula, but somehow, some way, Georgia seems to have something figured out. It's been great to watch Lad McConkey in a Georgia uniform these last few years. You wish you could have seen him fully healthy in the SEC championship, but as you see him thriving here in Mobile, the one thing I do believe that Georgia fans can take some comfort in is there'll be more McConkeys on the way. There'll be more Javon Bullards on the way. There'll be more players off the radar of other college programs who thrive at a place like Georgia because the one thing the dogs seem to do very well is identify those types of players. My name's Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. We're presented today by Breda Pass Management, and we're glad to have you with us. No matter how you get to us, live again on video, 10 a.m. across all video platforms, radio, Athens Sports Radio 960 Ref, podcast, wherever you find them, including posting the show each and every day to, at the old world-famous dognation.com. Just so happy to have you with us for the program, and so thankful to our friends at Breda Pest Management who make it all possible. The official pest control provider of UG Athletics. That is what our friends at Breda are all about right there. Taking good care of you and making sure your home stays bug-free, critter-free. They are all about that. And uh, they're also the uh, same company doing the same thing for Sanford Stadium and Stegman Coliseum, which is going to be packed out tonight for Georgia basketball and Foley Field, which is the baseball season right there around the corner. The same company that takes care of all of those UGA athletic venues can take care of your home, too. Now, the good news is it's not just the bragging rights and the prestige of saying, hey, the official pest control provider of UGA athletics keeps my home termite free. It's more than that. When you make the switch to Breda Pest Management right now, 
you're going to put more money back in your pocket just for making that decision. These days, it seems like everything's getting more expensive. Saving some money where you can is a very important thing to do. And that's what Breda Pass Management understands. They've been in business since 1975, got 125 employees. It's a legacy of success. And they want you to put those resources to benefit for yourself, leveraging that to put more money back in your pocket. So please find them online. It's BredaPest.com. B-R-E-D-A. BredaPest.com, the official pest control provider of UGA Athletics, bringing Dog Nation Daily to you here today. All right, we're going to get Mike Griffith here coming up in just a moment. Mike's in Mobile. He's standing by, so uh, we'll jump to him here very quickly to talk about everything going on with the uh, Senior Bowl, including Lad McConkey, who had such a big performance there uh, yesterday, and Mike will have plenty more to say about that. Prior to that, though, I want to go around the doghouse, and I want to take a moment to recognize a UGA legend who is uh, choosing to step away and retire and enjoy some much-deserved time off. You may have heard about this, read about this at dognation.com. But Claude Felton, the longtime sports information director at Georgia, is announcing his retirement. And the one thing I am totally aware of is that for the average fan, you know, uh, Felton may not be as well-known for you as he is to all of us that kind of live in the uh, media world and do this on a regular basis. But you have perhaps heard us talk over the years about how much Claude has meant to us and just the work that he has done to make UGA such a special place. And I can say that for me personally, you know, to be welcomed into like the sort of UGA media landscape by Claude is really just one of the most special things I can ever remember. Like, I can remember in particular, this is going back a good number of years ago, I sort of typed an email to him, and I kind of introduced myself and said, you know, I'm uh, Brandon Adams, I host a show called Dog Nation Daily, and blah, 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 blah. And he responded back in his email, and like, he's like, Brandon, I know who you are. You know, it's like, and to realize that Claude Felton knew who I was, was like one of the greatest joys of my life. I really felt like I was sort of in the club that I was, uh, you know, recognized by Claude and he was always so kind to me. And that's not just something that was unique to me, really just unique, I would say, and and uh, a, a true thing of anybody who was a part of the Georgia media landscape over the course of the last decades, many decades, you know, Claude Felton just always made you feel at home if you were at Sanford Stadium, or if you're around, you know, uh, Butts Mir for, you know, press conference, something like that just really went out of his way to roll out the red carpet and just made the University of Georgia such a welcoming place. So even if you're not kind of a part of the sort of media landscape, I think if you're a Georgia fan, you take a lot of pride in the way that Claude Felton just made UGA a a really classy place. And I'll give you an example of this. uh, Let's see if we can put this on the screen here. So this was a uh, a silver-colored coin and they gave these out at the uh, last home game of this year for Ole Miss. It was the final day of the current press box. They're moving the press box and the previous press box, which had beautiful view and very, very nice. Had you know been in place since like for the last 25 years. And in honor of that, they gave all the media who were in the stadium that day, they gave these coins out. Now, this is the example of the kind of thing that you didn't have to do this. You know, this is not the kind of thing that you had to do, but it was just sort of a classy gesture. And these are the sort of classy gestures 
gestures that Georgia, under Claude Felton's leadership, has been doing for way longer than I've been a part of that press box or this sort of media world, things like that. Georgia just has you know, continued to feel like a very special place to be, and Felton's work has just gone a long way towards uh, making that true. So we love Claude around here. Anybody who does the kind of work we do would say the same thing, and we're so proud of him in his retirement. I want to take a moment here around the doghouse to just celebrate that here right now. All right. We'll call that Around the Doghouse here on Dog Nation Daily. Let me do one more thing before we get ready to bring on uh, Mike today. And I know Mike will have some kind words for Claude in his retirement there as well. This is your last day to be a part of our uh, Chance to Win giveaway, courtesy of Kroger, for our Dog Nation cruise. Allure of the Seas coming up in April. Uh, Kroger has been doing a giveaway. We've been registering folks for their chance to win over the course of the last however many days. Today, January 31st, is the last day at midnight tonight. It closes and it's out. So please go to dognation.com, link right there at the top. One last chance to get involved here. Just give us your information. We're going to ask you to share your favorite Brock Bowers moment. Please do that there. One last chance to register for your chance to win. Now, let me address one thing here, which is some people are going to say, well, I've already signed up for the cruise. If you've signed up for the cruise, you can still register for your chance to win the cruise giveaway. And if you win, we'll just credit your cruise back to you. That's a super simple, very easy thing for us. This is just a cool thing that uh, Kroger wanted to do to uh, have some fun with some of our folks in our audience here right now. Somebody having a chance to win a stateroom for two people. Uh, on board Allure of the Seas, a hotel room in Port Canaveral the night before, a gas card to kind of help with some of the travel down to Port Canaveral, an onboard credit to enjoy while you're on board Allure of the Seas. The winner here, courtesy of our friends at Kroger. So register one more day for your chance to do that online at dognation.com. This is your last chance to take care of all of that. All right. So we got a lot going on. Mobile, Alabama, the Senior Bowl is the location. Georgia Bulldogs showing out. Mike Griffith standing by. He has had plenty of eyewitness accounts of all of that, and he'll tell you more about it here right now on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Breda Pest Management. and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead. Here's a DogNation.com insider. All right, we'll say hello to Mike Griffith here, kind enough to join us via video uh, out there in Mobile where the uh, Senior Bowl is ongoing. And, Mike, I want to talk to you about everything we've seen there. Lad McConkey's performance, we obviously started our show today by uh, addressing some of that. But uh, we talked also before you joined us about Claude Felton, a guy that I know that you uh, have known for a long time and have certainly loved your chance to work alongside him, announcing his retirement yesterday. First of all, we're th- so thrilled that he's going to get a chance to enjoy some much-deserved time off here and a chance to you know just be with you know family and friends. But uh, how much has Claude Felton meant to you in all his years working as the uh, Georgia Sports Information Director and uh, – uh, just what is your uh, reflection on his career upon this time of his retirement? Well, Brandon, thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk about Claude. I really appreciate it. I, I wouldn't be here uh, covering Georgia football if it wasn't for Claude Felton. Um, I had a kind of a chance meeting with him in 2007, uh, the year that I was the football writer's president. And one of my duties um, was to introduce uh, our annual contribution to football award winner, someone who goes into the College Football Hall of Fame. And and it just so happened to be Claude Felton. Uh, so I met, met Claude by chance in South Bend, Indiana, at the College Fit Football Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Um, rented a tuxedo, got on stage. Uh, Bruce Smith and Emmett Smith were sitting in there. And, you know, here I am just a sports writer getting to introduce a guy, Claude Felton, who I'd met that night, uh, who'd won our Burt McGrain Award. 
uh, which goes to our annual uh, biggest contributor in college football. So uh, I got to know Claude then. Um, I, I also uh, did some work uh, freelancing the Hawaii Sugar Bowl against Georgia uh, for the Honolulu Star Bulletin and worked with Claude there. And uh, lo and behold, uh, what, some 10 years later, uh, the Georgia opening came up and the first person I reached out to was Claude Felton. He was what I knew about Georgia, just Claude. And I said, what do you think about this beat? What what would it be like covering Georgia football? And uh, how do you like living in Athens? And he said, well, I love it. it it's great for me. And um, I think you'd fit in great here, Mike. We, you know, we appreciate you. And uh, and so I, I went ahead and applied to BJ Sweeney. And uh, but Claude was my first guy and the first guy that I talked to. And uh, he encouraged me to come. And, and Athens area has been everything that Claude promised it would be and more. Um, you know how much I love that area. You and I go back and forth on the Jacksonville game. Hmm. I want every game in Sanford Stadium in Athens that I can possibly have played there because I think it's such a great place. But but for me, it started with Claude Felton. Um, he is the front porch of the University of Georgia for every uh, media person who comes in from outside. And he is a huge reason why uh, Georgia has such a sterling reputation nationally. I mean, let's be honest. You know, Kirby Smart isn't a teddy bear. He's not the easiest guy for media people to deal with. Um, but when you have a superstar like Claude – um, you know, with his smile and, and his knowledge and his ways, the way that he helps you on stories and direction, uh, it just makes working with Georgia a pleasure. And um, and as for Kirby, I've I've gotten to learn when to reach between the bars and when that when it's feeding time. Right. Y'all learn that when you cover Kirby long enough, you know, don't poke the bear. But uh, but but Claude is, is sensational. There's no replacement for this guy. Um, I will say that Georgia does have the best PR staff in college football. I mean, they've got other guys over there, uh, Christopher Lakos, uh, uh, you know, Leland Bar, uh, Leland Barrow, uh, Mike Mobley, um, you know, Trey, I mean, Cara, they, they've got a staff there. BA, all of these people who work there could be leading other departments, other places, but they like Athens and Georgia so much and working for Josh Brooks. I mean, it's, it's kind of like Kirby's football staff. It's, it's like these people could be hired anywhere at any time, but they just love it here, and they do a tremendous job. So Claude is going to be missed, but he's still going to be around. I know he will, um, but I absolutely uh, feel indebted to him because I truly would not be covering Georgia football if it wasn't for Claude Felton. Yeah, I think it's really well said, Mike, and I'm glad that you, uh, you s said what you said there. As far as your time in Mobile, Senior Bowl is ongoing. Uh, we talked a lot about Lad McConkey, the performance he had. Uh, we mentioned that off the top of the program. I guess beyond that, give me a little bit of your sort of first-person perspective on the sights and sounds you've got from this here thus far. Yeah, yeah, back in Mobile, and, um, man, it's as deep as it's ever been, Brandon, uh, because this is the first year – that juniors are allowed to be invited to the senior bowl. This is the first time that's ever happened. So this is probably the most talented senior bowl uh, that we've ever seen. Um, you know, it's interesting. The quarterbacks on the other team, uh, the national team, are kind of the headliners. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. and Bo Nix, the Heisman Trophy finalists, are here. Uh, Sam Hartman's here. Uh, then on the south team, you've got Spencer Rattler and Joe Milton that have been throwing the passes to Lad McConkey and Marcus Rosemey Jack Saint. And listen, Lad, Lad was the star. I mean, he put everybody in a blender yesterday. Um, I've, I've said he has Christian McCaffrey-like quickness. That's the only comparison I can think of. 
uh, Jim Nagy and the story that we've got up on dognation.com right now. Uh, Jim Nagy explains why they're comparing him to Cooper Cup. Don't, don't compare him to Hunter Renfro. That's not good enough. Lad has already surpassed that. Um, you know, you mentioned it on your show earlier today. I mean, there's 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 first round talk about Lad McConkey. Um, but he still has to go through the combine and he still has to go through the medical portion of this. And that is really important. Uh, because not only are they looking for starters in the first three rounds, but they need guys that are going to be on the field. And and Lad had the back injury at the start of the year, and he's been dealing with the ankle injury. And I, I'll be honest with you, I was kind of surprised, um, you know, that he was as electric and as strong as he was in practice one. Um, you know, but between you and the defense polls, Brandon, you know, Lad's got the combine coming up. I I don't know if we're going to see another. Maybe maybe he's completely healed. I don't I don't know. I know that. Um, you know, talking with with people around him, uh, there had been some consultation with, with Dr. William Andrews, the noted uh, orthopedist, about the rehabilitation, not a surgery. Uh, but he's been in Pensacola uh, working closely with that specialist on the rehab and the treatment daily. So he's really gone to work to get that ankle as healthy as possible. Um, this was an ankle that he re-injured uh, against Tennessee. He injured it against Ole Miss. Then he re-injured it early in the game against Tennessee. He played injured against Alabama and really messed it up. Then he got healthy again. He played again. I mean, if Lad would have shut it down, he cursed professionally, he would be so much further ahead right now if he had shut it down, okay? Almost a sure first-round pick. But the guy played, and he played, and he played again, all right? And there's a value to that. I hope fans realize that. I really hope they realize that Lad essentially – uh, put his professional career stock at risk to continue. He played in the bowl game that people said didn't mean anything. And and, and you saw the, the video game highlight that he produced. He showed up in Mobile uh, and, and has tried to work his way through this game. So, uh, But the big thing now, Brandon, is uh, interviews with teams, right? I think he answered whatever questions were left yesterday. Interviews with teams. Uh, this is a very relaxed setting. A lot of work gets done here. And then Lad's got to be 100 for the Combine. Because to be a first-round pick, they're going to want to see a high 4-3 number or a low 4-4 number, and he's got work to do in that area as well as some other areas before that combine testing in early March. One of the things I brought up before you joined us was my fascination with Georgia's sort of scouting abilities where you know they've had eight, according to some website, eight three-star players or below draft over the course of the last five years. Now, when you think about all of the four- and five-star players they also have drafted, I'd say the eight's a pretty remarkable number. And I would say it's a pretty important part of the Georgia success formula overall of finding a Jordan Davis when others didn't see what he could be, finding a Ladd McConkey when others didn't see what he could be, Javon Bullard, who's there with you this week, finding him when others didn't necessarily see what he could be. What do you make, Mike, of that part, the ability of Georgia not just to acquire talent but to recognize talent perhaps sometimes where others don't see it? Yeah, Eric Stokes, another one of those yeah. three-star guys, BA, that was the lowest-rated guy in his draft class, just like Ladd was the lowest-rated you know, non-special teams draft signing in his class. I mean, it really is amazing. In, in the case of Ladd McConkey, I mean, this is a – this is a story for the ages. I mean, this is a story that Georgia fans are going to want to tell and, and really relish because this is a guy who grew up in northern Georgia, a fan of Tennessee, the whole family. You know, just they just wanted to, uh, a recruiting visit. And, and Jim Chaney couldn't even make it to his house. Um, and, and look, Jeremy knew that he was good and sent Jim down there. And, and, and Jim didn't finish the drill. And not only did Kirby go there, but he sat in the stands and, and watched a basketball game. Now, you're telling me 
you know, there had to be some people going, what is Kirby Smart doing with his $11 million a year salary spending, you know, two hours in a gym in Chatsworth, Georgia to watch this 165-pound three-star weakling? Uh, and look at this guy now. He's statuesque. He's being compared to Cooper Cup. He's an incredible community figure. He won the Werfel Award for community service. He graduated from school. I mean, I, this is the future president of the United States kind of guy. I mean, Lad Nakaki is as much of a college football hero as I have ever been around in 30 years, Brandon. And, and you know how critical I am, sometimes too critical with my critical analysis, all right? I cover championship programs, and they're better than everybody in 99 out of 100 things, and we're going to talk about the one they're not. But Lad McConkey has won me over. Uh, I'm a fan of Lad McConkey. I want to see great things for this guy. Uh, I wish everybody hockey on a football team can't say enough great things about him. Selfishly, I wanted him to come back another year because I think he would have been a Heisman finalist, if not winner. I think he would have had 1,500 yards receiving. I think he's a game changer. I think if he was healthy, him or him or Brock, either one of them, they beat Alabama and they go to the playoff. And, and, and it's exciting uh, to see the rest of the world get let in on, on this secret called Lad McConkie. Georgia fans know you'll see those 84 jerseys around everywhere because he makes you proud to be a Georgia Bulldog with how he is on and off the field. He's a true role model, uh, represented himself tremendously. And you know, Brandon, even yesterday, I asked him the tough question about leaving because I know Kirby did everything he could to keep him. He really did. Um, and, and I said, you know, why? Why did you leave? And, and he said, you know, sometimes it's just time to move on, Mike. He kind of slammed the door shut. There really wasn't a follow-up question, Brandon. But then in the very next breath, he said, but going to Georgia was the best decision I've ever made in my life. If you're a recruit, go to Georgia. You'll win national championships. They'll develop you. And I think you'll see that on the field here this week. So, it, it, you know, he, he couldn't just stop with why he left. He had to turn around and compliment the program and pay his respects. And he'll do that the rest of his career. He'll be wearing that G under whatever NFL uniform, you know, that, that he's wearing. Uh, he's just a tremendous success story, a really easy guy to root for, the kind of guy that, that makes me get up in the morning and want to do my job to meet people like Lad McConkey and what they represent. Mike, I want to ask you one more thing about this, and then I've got a, a completely different question to ask before we're done here. So broadening this out beyond Lad McConkey, how about the uh, landscape for the rest of the dogs here in Mobile yeah. right now, guys that you've already seen or things that will continue to take place? What's going on for the other dogs at the Senior Bowl here right now? Well, you know, don't overlook Marcus Rosemey Jack Saint. Okay, Mark Marcus Rosemey Jack Saint came here as a third-day player. I don't know if he's going to have the combine that he needs to get into that second-day conversation. Right, first day is day first day is round one. Day two is rounds two and three, and then the third day uh, is rounds four through seven. Right, and then you have undrafted free agents. So there's kind of four levels, and, and Marcus is on level three. Um, he's not a he's not a, an ex he's not a number one receiver for NFL teams. He's a guy that's going to be drafted as a third or a fourth receiver, which is where you know his special teams prowess, his attitude, uh, his upside. But but look, this is a guy with great hands that catches everything thrown to him. Uh, this is a guy that's a dutiful blocker, uh, a, a guy who's a joy to be around. You know, his dad actually took the time to call Jim Nagy and thank him for his son being. A, that doesn't happen. 
you know, but, but this is a quality kid who's worked so hard, his journey through St. Thomas Aquinas uh, down there in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, comes in here, overcomes the broken ankle, just keeps coming back for more. Uh, he's got a joy for he's got a joy and a love of the game. Football teams love that. Uh, Marcus Rosemey Jack Saint may not be drafted any higher than the fourth or the fifth round, but I'll tell you what he probably will do, Brandon, and that is get to the second NFL contract. Mm. And that's where these guys make really good money. Um, so he needs to get his foot in the door. He will, uh, whether it's fourth or fifth or sixth round, whatever, they're going to love him. He's going to check all the boxes and do everything he's supposed to do is that fourth reserve receiver. He'll be there when you need him. He'll know the offense. He'll play special teams. And he's going to be the guy that's going to get bigger, stronger, faster, stay out of trouble off the field, and sign that second contract and cash in for probably 20 or $25 million before it's all done. All right. So I don't know if you can see this or not, but I've got my George basketball on the set here today. Obviously tonight, big basketball game. We're all, we're we're very much heavily yeah. on the basketball bandwagon right now. The prop kind of proves that. Uh, yeah. Obviously, I was out of town, but a heartbreaker uh, in Gainesville this past weekend with Florida. But still, this is a Georgia team that's got a real chance here to do some big stuff here this week with Alabama and then South Carolina on Saturday. So let's start with tonight's game, Mike. Uh, Just a little bit of thought here on, you know, do you think Georgia's kind of ready for this kind of home game against an Alabama team, which obviously has a lot more of a tournament pedigree here. What are your expectations for Georgia tonight with Alabama coming in? It's going to be tough. You know, South Carolina just beat Tennessee in Thompson Bowling Arena last night. You know, that's the Saturday game. Alabama, uh, six and one in the league. Uh, beat an Auburn team last week. A Final Four Auburn team. Uh, beat uh, LSU by like twenty. A team that Georgia needed to last. Listen, Alabama's better. Alabama's more talented. Uh, Georgia is the underdog still. It it, it kind of stinks, Brandon, because this is the best Georgia team that we've seen probably since their NCAA tournament team. Just in terms of team and depth. I'm not I'm not saying most talented, but I'm just talking about. Team. I mean, it'd be great if Nicholas Claxton and Anthony Antman Edwards could have had one year together. They probably would have gone to the tournament, but it didn't work out that way. Um, but Mike has assembled a really nice group of, of veteran players that, as I say, are on their second, third, and final chances, and some really talented young guys that, that really compete. I mean, these guys are are just – they got ice in their veins, man. Silas Demery Jr. and Blue Kane. I mean, these freshmen are – I can't think of any other word but ballsy, basketballsy. Okay, um, they they got some dudes and they play hard. Uh, you know, still a little small compared to the other teams on the front line. Uh, let's just let's not waste time. You get what you pay for. Georgia still doesn't pay the same in basketball. Some other programs that they're trying to beat. Alabama's got momentum. They've been to the tournament. They've got a really celebrated coach. Mike's getting there. Mike White is getting there. Josh Brooks made a good hire, and they're starting to pay players and get the kind of players that they need to compete. Mike will show you that he can coach them up. You're going to love the team chemistry in the fight. Um, you, you can't help but root for these guys. They play so hard. And it's just There's no other way to say it. I just don't know if they're good enough. They play so hard, but I just don't know at the end of the day if they have a high enough talent ceiling. That said, R.J. Melendez was unbelievable. I mean, I'm watching this guy go for 35 points in 33 minutes and – Brandon, he's draining threes. He's driving to the rack. He's slam dunking in the Gators' face. This this kid from Illinois via Puerto Rico, I'm like, where did this cat come from? He's the same guy that told me two weeks ago, this is definitely an NCAA tournament team. And I respected him for saying that. 
He said, and some, and we followed, we said, well, why do you say that? He said, because of how hard we practice and because of the way our coaches coach us. So these guys believe in each other. They're not necessarily a little red engine that think they can. They're bigger than that. But but they are the underdogs. Make no mistake about it. Um, but they're going to make you proud with how they play. Uh, they really respond to the crowd. The stag has made a difference. I don't great. think they'd be you without that home crowd. Yeah, it's been great. Uh, but I think you're going to see them packed in tonight. Uh, Mike, really good stuff. I know you're busy, so we certainly appreciate your time uh, both on the Senior Bowl, big basketball game tonight, and uh, obviously the uh, terrific career of Claude Felton, which is uh, much-deserved retirement here for him. So really good stuff on all of that. We'll look forward to reading plenty more from you uh, from your uh, coverage down there in uh, Mobile, Alabama, and, of course, back here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Breda Pass Manager again very soon as well. All right. Thanks, B.A. Appreciate it, man. Good stuff. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. So some of you know one of the challenges that I have, and some of you are aware of this. So you'll see this every now and then. I don't do a ton of like press conference stuff. I'm mostly sort of just contained in this box most of the time. I don't ever get a chance to be outside the studio. But occasionally I'll do some press conference stuff. And one of the things I get a lot of grief for is I have a what I like to call a bad listening face. You know, when I'm doing the press conference stuff, I just have this like just horrible countenance i really don't know why because i feel like i'm a you know pretty happy person but my listening face is just terrible like some of y'all call it like resting ba face or something like that it's just it's just terrible so in this new era of the dog nation studio which i am totally in favor of i love the idea of more video and have the guests on video i love that interaction i think it sounds better i think it looks better uh, but it is putting the listening face on blast. Like, like the listening face uh, has got to be on point here because it's going to be mine. I'm talking about uh, a little bit more prevalent here. So I was thinking about that as uh, Mike was uh, talking there. I got to get that listening face going. Felt like it was pretty good there for that. Uh, but we'll have plenty more chances for you to evaluate that in the uh, very near future. I'm also going to have more on the Georgia basketball situation, at least briefly here in just a moment. Prior to that, though, let's go cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. And I got to tell you, man, so, so excited. As I told you before, this is our last day on our giveaway, courtesy of Kroger for our Dog Nation cruise. But it's not the last day for you to sign up to be on the Dog Nation cruise coming up in April. But that moment is coming soon. Here's the thing you got to understand. There is just so much excitement and energy around the Royal Caribbean Cruise vacations right now that space is just incredibly limited. I can promise you this, that Allure of the Seas is about to be locked, solid, sold out. Our allotment, they would only you know give us a certain number of staterooms. They are about to be locked, solid, sold out. And we're kind of down to final days here on this. So if you've heard us talking about this or if you've taken some early steps to be a part of the Dog Nation Cruise, it's time now to go ahead and take those final steps, get that done, be with us in April on the Dog Nation Cruise, leaving out of Port Canaveral, going to NASA on the Bahamas, Perfect Day Coco Cay. And I got to tell you, one of the things you're going to love about Perfect Day Coco Cay, I had a chance to experience this uh, when I was at uh, Perfect Day Coco Cay with uh, Icon of the Seas this past week, brand new addition to Perfect Day Coco Cay called Hideaway Beach. This is kind of an adults-only enclave. It's kind of an add-on to the other stuff that already existed at Perfect Day Coco Cay. So if you want sort of a Vegas-style pool party, you got the cabanas, you know, you got your own opportunity to enjoy some food and beverages over there, and it's just like a really, really nice, classy experience for adults 18 and over. That's what Hideaway Beach is going to be 
new add-on to Perfect Day Coco K. So if you've been to Perfect Day Coco K before in the last couple of years, it's even better now. I get a chance to experience that. And the Dog Nation Cruise folks will get their own chance to experience that here coming up. So give Jessica Slater a call, 770-718-9147. That's 770-718-9147. You can also email her, jslater at dreamvacations.com. And if you want to check out the website, royaldogs.com, you can find out more about that today. But limited space, limited time. Get on board the Dog Nation Cruise. We can't wait to see you there. All right, a couple of things here just for a moment. So before I get back to the basketball thing here just briefly, let me mention the Tennessee NCAA stuff, which was very big yesterday. So here's the deal. Tennessee was just investigated, sort of stemming from the Jeremy Pruitt era, was 30-something infractions that the NCAA found with Tennessee's help and cooperation. And now the NCAA is back again on Tennessee for what they're calling a major investigation. And the best I can tell, a lot of this stems from, like, the collective of Tennessee allegedly paying private jet to fly Nico Amaleva, the quarterback, to Knoxville for a visit. You're not supposed to do that. Uh, I'm assuming this must have been a unofficial visit that's why you know they're kind of in the crosshairs there for that and so they are investigating this situation involving emaleva and nil the ni the collective from tennessee has sort of fired back here with tom mars the attorney speaking on behalf of them get the tennessee chancellor speaking out on all of this and i think a lot of this is a little bit difficult to process now like a lot of things confusing circumstances not going to stop me from having a uh, opinion on it, i don't guess and sort of you know half-baked idea here but nonetheless some of this is a little bit difficult to figure out but here's the best that i can kind of piece together as to what's going on here and kind of how we got to this point first of all i just think this you know reinforces a point that i made in the past is that tennessee made i think a huge mistake when it invited the ncaa in back during the pruitt era as a way of um you know perhaps finding reason to fire pruitt with cause they didn't want the embarrassment of having to fire a coach so quickly after hiring him so therefore putting this up as an ncaa thing all of a sudden now they can say well, we're not firing him because he's a bad coach we are forced to fire him because of all these unseemly things he was doing as it relates to the ncaa but the problem is when you invite that body into your hallways it becomes a little bit difficult to keep them out and that may be what tennessee's sort of finding out here right now from the NCAA's perspective, I think you're kind of left to wonder, okay, what do they get out of this? Like, like, like what's going on here? I mean, it sort of feels like as a body, as a ruling institution, the NCAA is getting fairly close to, to not having a whole lot of relevance at all. So, so what's going on here? Is this sort of like the last gasp, death rattle of, a, of an organization that's losing all relevance? Perhaps that's the case. Perhaps that's also the attempt to kind of spin this a little bit and say, if we're going out, we're going out as a stickler and an enforcer of rules, very legalistic opinion on that. Perhaps that's what the NCAA is, you know, kind of wanting to uh, do here. You know, there's a couple of ways you can engage with this. As a Georgia fan, obviously you laugh at Tennessee. It's fun to do that. It's fun to laugh at Florida. I know I was gone when this went down, but the Jaden Rashada thing and and the NCAA investigation of Florida, it's kind of fun and it's, you know, kind of enjoyable. But admittedly as someone who also just sort of cares about you know college athletics at large like one of the problems we have 
with uh, NIL stuff right now is the lack of transparency. People just want to keep this stuff secretive. The players, you know, they like the idea of the rumors of large sums of money, but they're almost never willing to confirm any of that. The programs are kind of more than happy to have these gigantic figures thrown around. But once again, nobody really speaks on the record about any of this kind of stuff. And when you see the Rashada thing going on in Florida, when you see the you know, the thing now involving Nico at Tennessee, you know, perhaps whatever small amount of transparency we do have, perhaps that's about to disappear there as well, because pretty clearly the 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 very noisy recruit of Ima Leva going back a couple of years ago has certainly seemed to cause a problem for Tennessee here right now. So I guess you can say, you know, goodbye to any level of transparency related to the NCAA, or should say related to NIL, when the NCAA is coming down hard on a couple of the programs, Florida and Tennessee, who are a little bit more open and they were a little bit more in the way of like leaks about the kind of NIL kind of recruiting they were doing. You sort of can't help but notice that. I'll also point out one more thing here, which is, you know, the whole idea of the recruit being flown on a private jet in for a, a visit. That is still a really big outlier in college athletics. Even in these days of NIL, I can promise you the average college football player, including the average college football player in the SEC, they're just not getting that kind of treatment. They're just not getting that sort of like luxurious, you know, accoutrement or whatever. It's not what it is. And so it almost feels like there's a small handful of players who are just sort of living in a different sport and a different world than the average college football player, even the average high-level SEC player when it comes to some of this NIL stuff. And so, you know, I guess the question I always come back to is, are we going to really blow up the system to the benefit of a small number of players who sort of live the jet-set lifestyle? In other words, a lot of these guys who would eventually perhaps be very rich NFL players eventually are we going to just sort of bend over backwards to allow those guys to get super rich just a little bit sooner? Like, that doesn't seem to make a ton of sense to me. I'm not against them getting whatever, but I do want to try to find some way to protect the system. And I don't know if the future, if you're the kind of recruit that gets flown around on private jets, maybe in the future college football is not for you. You know, maybe there's another thing you can go do. And, you know, college football will still sort of function for college athletes. We tried this in college basketball for a while, and now we're sort of back with the, you know, elite NBA players for the most part still playing in college basketball. Maybe that's the kind of thing that college football has to consider uh, in the future. Now, the other thing I'll just say real quickly is the other funny part about all this is, is we're making such a big deal about the recruitment and the alleged NCAA violations of a recruitment for a player at Tennessee who still barely played. He had a very good bowl game, and he's among the Heisman favorites of the upcoming season. But Nico did not play very much in his first year to be generating all the chatter that he's generating right now. You can't help but notice that. All right, quickly on the basketball front. So Joe Lenardi put out a uh, sort of a basketball, you know, his, he does like the bubble stuff for ESPN, the bracketology type stuff. The best that I could tell is right now, Georgia's not getting much of a mention. There's only a couple of uh, teams from the SEC who even consider sort of bubble teams at all. So what he's got is, you know, he's got the likes of, so Texas A&M is one of the last uh, four in the tournament. Florida, part of the next four out. You've got Tennessee as a three seed. Bama as a three seed. So that's the level of team that Georgia's playing tonight. Kentucky's a four seed. Auburn's a four seed. So right now, a program like Georgia is not getting a ton of mention from a guy like Joe Lenardi. But as you know, if you're playing a 
sort of three seed in the NCAA tournament like Alabama, a win tonight for Georgia basketball would go a long way there on that. Also, South Carolina, I believe Mike mentioned this a moment ago, South Carolina upset Tennessee last night. And so Georgia's already beaten South Carolina on the road. That's the only home loss for South Carolina this year, I think. So you get another win against South Carolina on Saturday, and suddenly guys like Joe Lenardi, maybe they would be paying a little bit more attention to Georgia. So admittedly, it's a tough needle to thread tonight against Alabama, but with the crowd behind the dogs, chance to win that game and certainly a chance to win on Saturday and kind of do a little bit to sort of boost the NCAA tournament or resume if you're able to kind of get that done. Still a long shot to make the tournament, and I'm talking about a pretty sizable long shot, but you've got the games coming up that give you a chance to make your tournament case. So we'll see if Georgia is able to do that. I'll also mention one more thing here real quick. I saw where Ohio State had a press conference for all of its transfer additions. And y'all don't care about media stuff, but this is a pretty unorthodox thing to do this time of year to have something like that for, you know, Caleb Downs was there and uh, Seth McLaughlin was there and Quenchon Judkins and Will Howard. (laughs) You know, perhaps this is a little bit of an indication of the sort of new era that we're living in that, you know, guys like this – sort of dead of off season or out there talking about the process and things like that. And, you know, speaking of transparency, of course, you know, no one came to Ohio State because of NIL, including Caleb Downs himself, who was speaking about some of that kind of stuff yesterday. But still kind of interesting to see all those players sort of speaking out. And clearly Ohio State more than happy to put these transfers in the limelight of the forefront of the program here right now as an example of the win-now mentality that seems to be taking hold there in Columbus. So as we're thinking about you know chief contenders alongside Georgia for the national championship, clearly Ohio State wants to be a part of that conversation. And some alleged big spending in NIL on the transfer portal, one of the ways they're going to try to get that done. We'll make that cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. And of course, we'll also give a shout-out here to our friends at the Finish long drink boy love that and of course uh, you got a great fun weekend coming up here and a great chance to enjoy all kinds of varieties of the finished long drink whether it be the long drink cranberry the long drink strong that's eight and a half percent alcohol by volume long drink zero that's no carbs no sugar uh coming off of my time on icon of the seas probably need to do a little no carb no sugar probably not a bad idea for me long drink traditional that's the blue can the grapefruit flavor the gin kick that's probably still my favorite for a limited time you get the peach flavored version of the finished long drink whichever version you think you would enjoy it's a great chance to uh try this ready to drink cocktail fun category of beverage we think the finished long drink dominates the flavor when it comes to this particular category so try it yourself it comes in a can it looks like a beer but it's not it's a ready-to-drink cocktail. Coming from Finland after uh, an appearance in Helsinki for the 1952 Summer Games and then in America now for quite some time after that. So please, and now it's in Georgia and everywhere else, so make sure you find it online. It is the finished long drink online at thelongdrink.com. That is thelongdrink.com. So as we say goodbye to you here today on our program, we'll also say goodbye to really one of the pillars of Dog Nation since this organization began. In fact, predating me here at Dog Nation there as well. Many of you have heard us talk about Michael Carvel on our program, and today is Michael's last day with us. So we want to take some time here in our show to say thank you to Michael for the contributions he's made to Dog Nation and our organization for the last, you know, couple of decades here, you know, far before Dog Nation was even started. I think that in a lot of ways, Michael embodies a lot of what makes a place like Dog Nation really special. It's that need to kind of be nimble and at times reinvent yourself. And that's something that over the course of Michael's career, 
he's really shown an ability to do. At one point in time, he was a great recruiting reporter, then kind of got into the editing game and kind of a leadership position and then sort of transitioned to uh, video production and became a very hands-on you know, producer of this show. And no matter what the job was, Michael was always there to do what needed to be done. So I'm grateful for having had the chance to work with him. I'm excited about all the great things that Michael's going to have going on in the future. And of course, Dog Nation Daily will certainly miss him as he uh, says goodbye to us here today. So Michael, uh, we certainly thank you and we appreciate everything you've done for Dog Nation over the years. And as we say goodbye today, we'll also give you our Gator Hater Updater. Now been 1180 days since those lousy stinking Gators have beaten the Georgia Bulldogs. That is our Gator Hater Updater. We'll see all of you back here tomorrow. Dog Nation Daily, presented by Breda Past Management.